I was there during the Great Recession in 2008, 2009. I know how difficult those things are. I know what it's like to sleep on an air mattress in my office because I gave up my apartment. I know what it's like to go into $325,000 in debt. But what I also knew in that time is that what, and now I have the value of a dozen years uh, you know, of hindsight, and I know that the way I handle that with a certain level of, you know, with, with the level of character and alignment to my true values that I did, kept and strengthened my relationships going forward. Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the DealQuest podcast. Let's get started. This is a solo cast, and in this solo cast, I want to talk about two fundamentally key decisions in these challenging times that uh, we all need to make. And this comes out of experience in dealing with, you know, challenging times in the past, uh, you know, coming through recessions and Superstorm Sandy and things like that. And I think we're all have an opportunity to really look closely as entrepreneurs and business leaders at these two key decision points. So the first one is, you know, are we going to let these challenging times, these crises and the economic effect get us down, have us be adversely impacted in terms of our mental state, our spiritual state, our emotional state? Are we going to rally and stay positive and look for opportunities and pivot in our businesses and use this time to develop new offerings and stay in contact with clients and, you know, be in that space of attraction and of service, or are we going to go into a place of fear and scarcity? That is the first fundamental decision, my friends and listeners here, that we all need to make. And I'm sure I've certainly seen around me, you know, both things happening on on the extremes and, you know, certain people in, in between. What I love about entrepreneurs is that in general, and I did a post on this maybe about a week ago, or actually by the time this comes out, maybe about a month ago, that as a percentage, I find entrepreneurs to be generally uh, more positive and optimistic, maybe because they're in control of this scenario. Obviously, uh, not that many of them are not going through tough times, you know, but it's different than when you're laid off from a job and, you know, and you have no control on your relationship to it and what you try to do with it. But, you know, as a business owner, you know, at least uh, it's your business and you can make changes and that kind of stuff. So I, I, see, I see a higher percentage of people being optimistic and staying in the right mode, but you know, it's not universal. Listen, in every downtime, economically, crises and whatever, there are always companies that come out of it actually stronger because sometimes there's a weeding out, right? Sometimes you know, other businesses don't make it. And sometimes you know, they'll use that time to figure out how to become more efficient, how to make offers 
and produce products that are more appealing to their clients. So some of the most successful companies throughout history, going back to the Great Depression and probably even before that, have been formed out of downtimes in the economy and, and out of other crises. And I know people who, just by the nature of what they do, you know, are doing better right now. I mean, look at, I mean, the Amazons and the Instacarts and the, uh, you know, and people who provide outsourced services of various types when people are, you know, companies are cutting down and out and outsourcing, uh, especially overseas and things like that. But even those of us who are, who are not necessarily benefiting from this have that opportunity and it starts with that mindset. It starts with whether you look at everything as an opportunity and how you're going to put the best, you know, spin on it, how you're going to use this time most effectively. So if you're having trouble, you know, making, being in that positive state, it's definitely going to affect you, you know, in the long run. I mean, it's going to affect your creativity. If you're in a place of fear or scarcity or lack, and you're sort of shutting down and letting that affect you. And, and listen, I'm not minimizing the fact that we all need to be aware and careful and take the health precautions and, and shelter in and social distance and all these terms that we're learning now. So I'm not saying to be cavalier in any way about that. But even as to the health aspects, we can be in a place of fear or we can be in a place of, hey, we're going to take the precautions you know, we take and we're going to stay positive around it. But certainly in business, you know, that's a fundamental choice. So I really encourage you all to do that because mindset is everything, right? I happen to believe in the law of attraction. I've said this before, not in that simplistic way about what you think about comes about, but based upon the law of vibration. And I think everything is energy. And that's been proven by quantum physics, not just uh, Eastern spiritual philosophy. And I think that there is a difference in the vibration you're in in terms of what you attract. And if you focus on scarcity and fear, you focus on recession, you focus on even on the, on the health, you are more likely to have that come into your life than if you focus in a positive way and focus on serving your clients, serving humanity, serving people, making a difference, being there, being a support for people in, the, in these times of need. And again, even if you don't believe in that, certainly when you're in a place of fear and scarcity, if it's not on an energetic level, if you don't buy into that, your creativity goes down right? Your energy goes down, your ability to find different ways, be creative, pivot, and do everything that's going to help you in business is going to decrease as well. So, and I know it's, uh, for some people, it's easier said than done, but I've got to tell you something. Listen, (laughs) whether you worry about it or not, it's going to be what it's going to be in terms of the stuff that's outside your control. And when we can get to the point where we, you know, really take that adage of only focusing on the things that are in our control and not worrying about those that outside of our control is when we have the opportunity to be in our best position. So that's the first fundamental decision. And, you know, we're going to give you some information in a moment here about uh, something that I'm doing to bring entrepreneurs together on Zoom calls where we can support each other in terms of keeping that positive energy, keeping that mindset and sharing best practices and just being in community. So listen to that now. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to join our DealQuest DealMakers community and our upcoming Zoom event, Conversation, Connection, and Cocktails. We're doing this every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and you can sign up at coreycupfer.com slash CCC event. That's coreycupfer.com slash CCC event. 
you'll have a chance to engage with other business owners, leaders, and executives to hear more from them about their greatest challenges and most effective strategies for growth in these challenging times. Now back to the show. Okay, the second big decision I want you all to think about is if we're in that positive mindset and we're looking for ways to serve, you know, in a combination of just being there as human beings for each other and supporting each other in, in ways that are unrelated to making money or business. And then we're looking to serve our clients and be a resource to them and continue to get paid for our services at, you know, fair value. Then, and we kept our mindset in the right place, then the key decision is, okay, how are we going to operate our business in these challenging times, right? And this is a character conversation. This is a fundamental character conversation. And ultimately, it's a conversation of who people are going to see you as in the world and what is going to happen in the long term in terms of your business relationships, in terms of your reputation, in terms of your business success, ultimately, and in terms of being aligned with what I think is everybody's inner truth, which is that we all want to be people who make a difference in other people's lives and do it in a way that's fair and do it in a way that's in keeping with our morals and values and our highest ideals. In these times, especially when people get into places of scarcity or fear or worry about money you know, or lack or any of those kind of things, there's a tendency to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. And listen, it's easy to say, if you're in the place where you're worried about paying your rent or feeding your family, if it's that extreme, then I understand it's a significant challenge. For people who are not at that extreme, but you know, could be at risk of losing a home. I mean, listen, I was there during the Great Recession in 2008, 2009. I know how difficult those things are. I know what it's like to sleep on an air mattress in my office because I gave up my apartment. I know what it's like to go into $325,000 in debt. But what I also knew in that time is that what, and now I have the value of a dozen years uh, you know, of hindsight, and I know that the way I handle that you know, with the level of character and alignment to my true values that I did kept and strengthened my relationships going forward. The fact that I chose to pay back every penny of that debt, even though I could have, you know, declared bankruptcy in my company, you know, and doing various other things has made a difference. So this is the second decision we have to make. How are we going to carry ourselves in business in these times, right? If we have challenges, are we going to be on the up and up in communication with our landlords and creditors and and working with them and working out with them? If we have an opportunity to still be in business and sell services and products, are we going to be those people who are gouging, you know, prices on toilet paper and hand sanitizer, uh, whatever the equivalent is for us? Or are we going to charge a fair price, right, in these times? Are we going to be of service in ways where we don't charge for certain things, but still uphold our value for the services that we're providing? You see, we can do a few things in, the, in this situation, right? Let's talk about deals, for example. There are going to be a lot of deals to be had in any kind of down economy, and because there always are. And you can, in a deal situation, take advantage of somebody, be fair with somebody, or sometimes even go, you know, maybe too far to the, you know, to the other extreme, right? I mean, but the question is this. Yes, there are quote unquote distressed assets, whether it's property, whether it's, you know, businesses that value, valuations have gone down. And those of us, I think, who operate from a place of integrity, from a place of character, from a place of relationship, 
from a place of caring about our legacy and our reputation, not from a place of ego, but from a place of, you know, having people know who we are and being of service, are going to be very sensitive about not taking advantage about, you know, because listen, there are people who are going to come in these situations and try to leverage people's misfortune. And here's the issue when you're talking about many deals. I've always said, you've heard it over and over and over again in this podcast and other my other materials, that most deals are the start or the continuation of a business relationship, right? So if you have any kind of uh, relationship in business in a deal, a joint venture, strategic alliance, you know, uh, working with a distributor or a marketer, obviously, even if you're buying a company, yes, you know, you probably need the other side, their employees, key personnel to help that deal continue to go well or to help that deal work after it's closed. So if you buy a company and you've demoralized the owner and the employees, then might they take the deal in the short run because they're desperate, because they need the money? Absolutely. Is that deal going to work out for you in the long run in the best way it can? You know, probably not. In fact, almost definitely not. It's not going to work out as well as it would if you did it the right way. So yeah, I mean, listen, I've heard people who go around and brag coming out of downtimes that, you know, what a great negotiator they were, what, how cheap they got something. But, you know, what you don't hear is what really happened over time. Did those clients really stay? Did those employees leave at the first moment that the economy got better because they were all miserable there and they were only there because they had no other option? Whereas if somebody comes in, and listen, I'm not saying that you pay yesterday's value in today's market right? There is a reality of what happens in a market and how it impacts a company. And if a company's revenues are down 30 or 40%, then you're not going to pay based upon 100% because the math is not going to work out and it doesn't make sense. However, there's a difference between right-sizing a deal and trying to leverage somebody's misfortune, somebody's tragedy, somebody's scarcity and fear, somebody's uh, you know fear that they're going to be out on the streets or the inability to pay their employees are caring about their employees, not wanting them out of a job to really drive them down to, to the bottom penny. And there are ways to structure deals where you can, first of all, help get them done, but also recognize that hopefully, and well, definitely, uh, this is a temporary situation and hopefully it's a shorter term, number of months as opposed to number of years kind of situation, even in its impact on the economy. For example, you might commit to a purchase price if you're buying a company based upon today's quote-unquote valuation, which may be down from yesterday's, but also give the ability of the seller to earn some upside if over the next number of years, the business comes back to where it was. Because then you're paying for uh, revenue and profits that you will get and the deal works as opposed to trying to leverage somebody to pay at the bottom penny and then keep all the advantage of the upside for yourself a lot of it, which was really built on the prior reputation of the existing company that you're buying, as opposed to anything you're going to do going forward. And it's just a timing issue. And again, if you do that, then the odds of the employees being happy, the odds of that person who was the seller, who was the former owner, becoming a good employee and or maybe minority partner, depending upon how your deal is is set, and having it work for the long, long term, not to mention you know, I mean, even if it's, it's not an issue of alignment with your values, you know, just from a pure business point of view, it makes sense. But then I believe when we're out of alignment, right, even if it, it's making us more money in the, in the short run, when we're fundamentally out of alignment with our values and vision, who we are at a true level, because we are being opportunistic 
because maybe our ego or maybe our own scarcity and fear of not doing anything drives us to do something that is out of character for us, that is not aligned for us, that at a spiritual, emotional, energetic alignment level, that we will suffer. And we will, some of us self-sabotage in various other ways, will have us not be successful in the long term. So yes, folks, should you be looking at, as opposed to sort of, you know, sheltering, I don't want to use that term because sheltering in is a term for what's going on with the virus, but I mean, you know, should you be contracting and, uh, you know, laying on your couch and and saying, oh, I'm just going to wait this out? Or should you be looking for opportunities? Absolutely, it's the time to look for opportunities. But how are you going to take advantage of those opportunities? Are you going to do that in a way that balances the new reality and how that impacts the pricing of various deals, whether it's M&A or whether it's for services or whether it's, you know, the, the rent you're going to pay on an office? But balance is the right sizing of that with taking advantage of somebody when they're down. So that is the second big decision we're all going to make. I know most of the people in my life, in fact, almost all the people that I regularly keep in my life certainly believe and have the intention that they are going to make that decision from a place of character and integrity. But not everybody does that. And listen, even people I know and, you know, and like and are otherwise good people, and I've had it in my life you know, occasionally in the past where I have not been maybe proud of the decisions I've made because I've done it from a place of fear. So this is our opportunity. This is our challenge. How are we going to stay in a positive mindset, stay in a place of looking for opportunities, do it in a way that's aligned without taking advantage of people, but also, you know, being realistic in the current, you know, probably future environment over the next number of months or so. And, you know, do it in a way that is going to have us in the long term know that we've kept our, in keeping with our, uh, with our morals, that we've held our character, that we've left the legacy we want to leave, that we have kept the reputation that we build, and we've built those relationships so that the decisions we make in these challenging times will benefit us and others for the long term. So with that, folks, listen, I want to say I'm here as a resource, right? If anybody's struggling or anybody wants to look at, hey, how do I take advantage of opportunities in this market without doing it in a way that's uh, not aligned, you know, reach out. I'm here for you. We mentioned the, uh, the Zoom calls, which are free. That is going to bring a community together. Join us there. And with that, folks, it's Corey Kupfer signing out. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. You can be a friend of the show by leaving a review on the Good Pods app, podchaser.com, or any major podcast player. Every review helps the show reach more listeners. If you're ready to take your deal-making to the next level by becoming a master negotiator, head over to Amazon or Audible and grab a copy of my best-selling book, Authentic Negotiating. Then connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know your thoughts. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.